So, you've made promises. That's good. Parents, godparents, plus the church. Let's see that promise if we can. That's the promise we made as, as a church and friends of the, of the church here. Tony Nanook reminded us that the, uh, sometimes we call this uh, Mother's Day, don't we? It's a bit of an Americanism, really. The Mothering Sunday was a traditional one, and about the Mother Church. And we're going to look at the Mother Church, the way that the church is, is like a mother. Perhaps you may be able to, uh, to think of, of ways, perhaps a, a place of love, or maybe a place of discipline. And a place which I forgot to ask Colin to put up the slide about uh, growth. And uh, a mother wants her children to grow. And, uh, and that uh, God wants us all to grow as a church in numbers and also as people growing nearer to him, growing in faith. There's lots of ways through the service, perhaps you'll think, about how the church is like a mother. So Ethan is part of this church. And I quipped, he feels like our baby, so that now he's grizzling. It's not, oh, Andy and Rachel, your baby's grizzling. It's our baby's grizzling. And when he smiles, it's... Our babies smiles. And that's true not just of Ethan, but lots of other of the, of the children here. And we're here as part of this promise to create a place where Ethan and others can grow and can be taught and experience the gospel. It doesn't start now, it's happened in the past. Does anybody remember when Jonathan Pell was a sweet little child? (laughs) Vanda does, yes, Rona does. Uh, Margaret, although it wasn't uh, very, uh, it wouldn't be allowed now, would it? But do you mind me saying what you used to do? When it was Jonathan's uh, birthday, she used to, let's give you a big kiss then, and um, it wouldn't be allowed now. But would you mind standing up, John? <laughs> and turn around. But he's, he's, he's not done too badly. So, um, and, so, uh, and, uh, and of course, lots of others have been, been developed and grown. Church like a mother to these children. where the gospel is taught and lived out. Of course, the gospel can be taught in formal ways. There's junior church happening now. There's church here happening. There's formal ways of taught. There's there's boys' brigade and other groups that that meet here that try and teach the, the, the gospel. But of course, we can also teach informally, just the way that we live our lives, the way that we are, the way that, uh, and what we say and do. The gospel is taught and lived out. And we can all play our part in that. Of course, we get it wrong. This is not a perfect church. But on this Mothering Sunday, could the perfect mothers amongst us please stand? Oh, 
there's none here. But we value mothers. And we value this church. And we're trying to, to learn. That's why the tribe bit's there. We try to provide a place. And on, uh, on Thursday at the AGM, we'll be unveiling what the elders have, have uh, discerned as our, our plan for, the, sorry, vision for the next um, uh, m- few months. And we met again on Friday and, and put some, some more flesh on that. So please come and, on Thursday and, and understand more of where we're going to try and be a better place. But what is this gospel? Well, let's hear from God's Word as Derek reads as part of, of the gospel. Let's discern what is this gospel that we're trying to teach and live out. Thank you, Derek. It's from John chapter 19 and verses... What are the verses, Derek? It says here 25 to 37. Right, 25 to 37. John chapter 19. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her to his home. Later, Knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted, lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given his testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happened so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Friends are reading. Very serious reading. We're all happy thinking about mothers and thinking about babies. But it's important that we're aware of what this gospel is or something of what it is. Did you pick up in that reading that it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was at the foot of the cross. And that Jesus said, take care of her. That in his desperation, in his pain, he cared for his mum. Appropriate for Mothering Sunday. 
Jesus taught and lived out this gospel of love. The cross we'll be remembering when we come to Easter. But in that reading, we get something of the personal nature. Think of it in the eyes of the mother on this Mothering Sunday. Maybe Rachel can appreciate it more now with a baby. And we've, we know the Christmas story, but the Easter story in a mother's eyes. And there was a mother at the foot of the cross. And when we see Jesus' hands there and the nail going through, perhaps like on the Passion of the Christ film, where, which we're showing on Good Friday, Mel Gibson, it was actually his hand who was hammering the nail in because he knew that it was his sin that put him there. But of course for Mary, she would see her little boy's hand. That little hand and uh, when Ethan was brought round, he, he grasped your fingers. And that's what she would have remembered. And the pain would have been there. And his feet nailed to the cross. She would have remembered his first steps. Look at me, Mum. And now this is his last step. That perhaps makes us cry. I hope it does. Because we need to grasp this gospel. The power of the gospel. Of course, the cross is just part of that gospel. But a large part of the New Testament is that. And look at it from the mother's eyes. And we get something of the meaning there. He said in the reading that he was thirsty. Mum's dads just want to, if a child was thirsty, give them a drink. And how she must feel. And we get something of the power and the thrust of the gospel when we look at the cross through that mother's eyes. And Jesus did it for Ethan. Did it for Ethan's mum and dad. For his God's parents, for his family. For all of us here. And for all of us not here. And when we grasp that, then we're more likely to teach that gospel and to live it out. Of course, the cross is just part of the gospel, that Jesus rose from the dead. And that great day we'll be celebrating on Easter Sunday, on my wedding anniversary actually, or rather, shall I say, our wedding anniversary. <laughs> quite 25 yet and there we'll be celebrating and rejoicing in that that gospel of hope that sin and death were, def were defeated now this is just part of the gospel but an important part that we teach and live out the bad news is that we mess up that we don't do this. We don't live it out in the way that we should. But the gospel is good news. And there's two pieces of good news I want to share with you. One, we're in good company. Hands up all those who are perfect Christians, 
who always teach the gospel and live it out in a perfect way. A similar response to that perfect mother question, wasn't it? And Peter, the disciple Peter, also shared that. He messed up. He let Jesus down three times. Do you know me? No. Do you know me? No. Do you know me? No. But the other piece of good news is that there's a way out. And Tony Nanook is going to read us that part of the gospel now. See, the thing was that Jesus had, had slipped back. Sorry, Peter had slipped back. All the excitement over Easter, death and resurrection... And can you imagine what Mary must have felt like when she saw the resurrected son? Great excitement. But Peter still hadn't twigged. And he'd gone back. He'd gone back to fishing. He'd gone back. So let's hear what happened next. Thank you. I'm going to read from John 21, verses 15 to 19. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, Son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter had messed up. Peter had slipped back. But here was a way back that Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Reflecting the three times that he had denied him. There is more to it as he'd investigate in the, in the Greek that Jesus said, do you agape me? This Christian love. And he replied, yes, I filio love you. More akin to like. He still hadn't gra- quite grasped it. But Peter was restored. Well, I call him Peter. Actually, 
in that account, did you pick it up that Jesus called him Simon? Going back to his old name, before he changed his name, because Jesus renamed him Peter, the rock on which I'll build my church. But he'd just slipped back to Simon, the fisherman. But now Jesus is calling him again to be Peter, the rock on which he could build his church. And he did build a church and many churches full of love, of hope, places where the gospel of Jesus is taught and lived out. God's family. Imagine that church. Now this church isn't there yet and it probably never will be because it's full of people like me and you who aren't perfect and who are trying to teach and live out the gospel. But I'm excited. I'm excited about the future and of what this church will become. And I'm excited about this Easter. We believe that God's given us a plan, and it is a plan for Easter, because it's all written out here. And it's uh, the week before Easter is a packed week, full of prayer, full of discussion, full of activity. And I want all of you to be involved in coming along. This place is going to be full of, of prayer stations, helping people to pray. And you can go around and join the, the Easter story. Who is it that you're looking for? And to help you to, uh, to find Jesus. There's going to be a big cross in the middle. You may just ignore all the prayer stations and just sit at the cross. And say, Lord, I come to you. But it's not only for you. It's for all the people who receive one of these leaflets. You've all got one on your seats. You can take it home with you. Or you can give them uh, away to others. We've got lots of other leaflets. There's still gaps. Is there still gaps, David? There's still gaps. We want people in this community to hear of what's going on. We want to welcome them in. There's treats every day. They can just come in for a cup of coffee. But maybe they'll have a cup of coffee and a pray. And there's discussions and there's, there's going to be a great Palm Sunday service, isn't there, Andy? Who's the preacher that day? Somebody dodgy. Somebody dodgy. <laughs> He's Andy. <laughs> And there's going to be a great E2 just starting the week. And then uh, there's going to be lots of activities. But we want people to be involved, people to invite others. And it'll end with solid rock. A real burst of, of rock celebrating the, the Easter hope. And we pray and hope that this will just play a, port, a small part in building a church where people can come and make that first commitment when they first understand the truth that God loves them. Maybe there's some here today will make that step. Or maybe it'll be a church that will welcome those who were once strong in God but have slipped away like Peter. Or maybe today there's some here you can make that step. We want a church where people are growing. Can we have that slide that I forgot earlier, Colin? For our, our mother church. The church helping me to grow. And as we concentrate on discipleship over the, the next months, we pray that each one of us will grow 
Just like a mother wants her children to grow. That we as a church want everyone to grow. Let us rejoice that we can be part of this. And we can grow. And we can rejoice in what we can become and in what this church can become. Let's respond to the Lord in song and in prayer. And as we do this, I'll go and invite the junior church to, to come. And uh, we'll uh, just celebrate, end by celebrating mothers. But at this time, before the children come back in, just reflect upon what's been said. Reflect upon where you are with God and where you want to be with God.